Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Howard Drukarsh. I've been a successful realtor in Canada's largest market for over 30 years. And in the latter part of my career, I co-founded Canada's largest independent brokerage, Right at Home Realty, with a roster of over 5,600 agents and growing. In 2020, I retired to start this podcast, and it's been a remarkable opportunity to meet fascinating and very successful guests in real estate and in related fields. And today we have one of those guests with us, Stephanie Tufoxis. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, an absolute honor. Now, for full disclosure, I've known Stephanie before she was an agent, and I've known her dad for, I think, 17 years. Um, Costas Tufaxis has a company called Better Office Equipment and has, has been the sole supplier of things that we need at the company I co-founded. So how this came about is uh, I was speaking to Costas, and I was asking him how Stephanie was doing, and he said she's doing phenomenal. And, you know, one of the things in our business, as you know, Stephanie, is um, it's tough to get rolling in the beginning. You know, the longer you're in it, the more referrals, the better it is. But when he, when he suggested or just mentioned that, I thought we, we haven't had a young person on um, who's, you know, who, who is doing really well. So I thought this would be great for anybody interested in getting into real estate and to find how, how do you really do well in the beginning? So, so thanks for joining us. Um, I'll talk a bit about your background. Um, so I know that you were a, before real estate, you had another business of your own. You were a freelance makeup artist and, uh, um, and you've been really good at leveraging social media into getting business. I, I know that we'll talk about that. Um, I think a lot of success is just, you know, simply that you, you understand that real estate is a business because you had your own business and you know what it takes to, to keep clients happy and to, and to gain new clients as well. So that was kind of my take on it. Um, what was the thing that got you interested in getting into real estate? Well, the reason I got into real estate was because I felt with my business, with makeup, I felt that I was given such an incredible opportunity with my father and he had helped me build such a great entrepreneurial mindset that I was doing quite well in my makeup business. I was, I was busy and I was busy every weekend, but I felt like I was losing the Monday to Thursday regular lifestyle that I felt like I was losing time when makeup was very weekend based business. And I felt like I could be doing something during the week. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I was quite busy on the weekends and I was talking to my dad and he was saying, you know, you're doing so well at selling yourself in makeup that you should really think about expanding your sales career. And of course, I was surrounded by so many people in real estate. And of course, you've been in my life for quite a while. And Ron Petticord, I know quite well. And a lot of my dad's clientele are involved in real estate one way or another. A couple architects that are great friends of his. And ultimately, I just thought I wanted to expand my sales career and I got into real estate. And, and the one thing that people, uh, you know, new to the business of real estate, one of the things that they, the challenges they find is you're young, it's real estate, it, it may be a lot to overcome. Was that a problem right. for you? Like what happened when you, you know, and you were younger, you were even younger then than you are now. I know. So. <laughs> That's why I was thinking about today and, you know, talking about my past, because I've been in the business for, this is my third year. So I've been in the business two years already, but I'm still very young. I'm, right. I'm not now older. I'm still young. So um, it was, it was a difficult start because it's one of those industries that, 
um, at least when I started, which wasn't too long ago, but even when I was doing my OREA exams at uh, the location at Don Mills, there was nobody that was relatively close to my age, even in my exams. And I should have thought about it at the time and thought, okay, well, I'm getting into a business where there aren't a lot of people my age, but there was a lot of hesitancy. Um, and it wasn't just from people in the business, but people in my personal life. Um, I was really excited to tell people I was getting into real estate. And the first thing everybody told me was, who do you think is going to sell a house with you at the age of 21? One, you've never bought your own house. And two, um, you're selling somebody's largest asset and you don't even own one of those. So how, how are you going to be of value to somebody that you don't really know? You've never transacted in that the, the way that they have. And um, all you know is what you've learned from Aria. And it was true at the beginning. I had to really teach myself. And I'm so lucky to work for the company that I work for that I had a lot of training. But I really spent a lot of time actually studying the real estate market and studying neighborhoods that I knew quite well, but I wanted to be an expert. And the only way to be an expert was to start studying and to start learning myself. So it was definitely hard being young, but um, it's just about actively trying to actively trying to learn in an industry that there are so many very educated competitors. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, and, and yeah, because I know that one of the first questions we always ask on the podcast is, were there entrepreneurs in your family? And the, clearly your dad was, was, is, uh, he's, he's really a great role model for being an entrepreneur. So you understood being an entrepreneur. Then you had your own business. So it wasn't like you went from, you know, being an employee somewhere, mm-hmm. then you decided, okay, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to all of a sudden become, you know, an entrepreneur. So yeah. I think you had some of the, you, you had the skill set if you didn't have the experience. And the way you describe the importance of being an expert in an area, um, it's it's really the basics, right, of, of the business. And then acquiring clients is, uh, it's a sales business. So the more people you talk to, the more the more clients you get, right? It, it, that's how Absolutely. you acquire sales in, in a sales business. The other thing, and I was just thinking about this, although your age may have been um, a challenge for the older crowds, uh, your age would have been attractive for young people, right? Absolutely. So, so yeah. was that a part of your, your client base when you started? Yeah. So I work with a lot of friends and peers in entry-level price points, and I do leases for friends of mine. And I'm always trying to help out that age group because it's so important for, I think that this market is really daunting for a lot of people. And it's really important for a lot of my age group and demographic to understand that it is possible to get in the market. And, you know, I just saw an article the other day talking about the percentage of people and millennials, at least, that are getting help from their parents. So if that is at all possible, I like for my friends and my peers to know that it is a possibility. But the majority of my business was actually started on a few people giving me an opportunity. And it were people that were my parents' age that just decided that I was hungry enough, I was educated enough, and I knew their product well enough that they were willing to give me a chance. And that's where I really was able to extend my business because my age group 
every once in a while is transacting, but I can't really use my personal sphere of influence as much right now as I will be able to in a few years. So I've really had to prospect on my own and find people that didn't know how old I was. And I was able to just show my knowledge and show my expertise. And there was never a doubt. There was never a doubt in their mind that I would be the right person to sell their home. Yeah, I don't think, you know, age, sometimes it's really hard to tell people's age to start with. But what people do relate to is confidence, knowledge, um, you know, it trust. Because as you said, I mean, you're dealing with, for most people, the largest asset they have. And if they get a sense that, uh, that they can trust you and you know what you're doing, they're not going to be too concerned about your age. I mean, it's it 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 it's something you can overcome. I think the problem, and I keep going back to you know the benefits you had of being aware of running your own business. This this is a really hard business when you start off and you realize that there, it, there's no salary, right? Mm-hmm. This the salary is simply based on how successful you are. And and I think when you began the business, you knew that that wasn't something you had to learn. And uh, uh, and then it was picking something, uh, picking a career that you're passionate about, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing that's really important is people want to know that they're uh, people representing them, whether you're representing a buyer, representing a seller, that you're really committed to helping them to do, you know, to, to be a good source of what's a good decision to help them with information. So, you know, that I think is another reason you were very successful young, um, although you know, it wasn't the only one, but I think the enthusiasm is, it's its so important in the business and genuine enthusiasm. And I think that, you know, you obviously understood that pretty, pretty quickly. Um, but, but to overcome the youth part, because that's a bit of what the theme is today. How did you overcome any, if there were self-doubts or challenges or, you know, uh, what did you do to overcome those things? For me, overcoming it was really going back to my my family. And I think at first, if I'm totally honest, there was there was so much doubt with the people around me that I originally felt in- incredibly confident entering this industry that it started to hinder my confidence. And my dad has always instilled positivity in me. And my dad is one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. And he's taught me so many things. But the one thing that he taught me was the only way to be successful is to have a positive mindset. And, you know, if I'm going to fail, we don't believe in failure. We believe in learning a lesson. And I believe in successes and lessons learned. And sometimes I won't be successful with a client. And sometimes I will. But it's all about mentally believing in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, what client is going to believe in you to sell their home? So with the knowledge that I had from my studies and my education, I really, every single time I got in front of a client, every single time I got on the phone with somebody, every time I met somebody new, I believed wholeheartedly that I would be the best person that they could choose to represent them. And ultimately it started translating and showing confidence, me emulating confidence to my clients. They truly believed in me and it ended up making multiple transactions incredibly easy because there was no doubt from either party. And isn't that uh, uh, the most fun way to to be anyway? I mean, to be positive (laughs) and to go, you know, and to, and to know that you're going to be the best person they can deal with. I mean, these are, you know, this is just fun for you. 
you know, even even before you get to the client. And I think that yeah. the, the competition in real estate, unless you've been in the business, you don't recognize it's really competitive, right? It's competitive at every level. And so that's why, again, when, when Costa said to me how well you've done, I thought this is a really good podcast story because a lot of people, you know, the turnover rate, I believe, is 25% people get into the business and and leave per year is about 25%. So that's, you know, it's not an easy business to survive. So I I really thought you'd be a great source of information, clearly about yourself, but also for people thinking about getting into the business and young people, you know, how does a young person succeed? Because there there are a lot of young people in the business as well. So that again is, you know, I appreciate the time. Um, in the real estate business, more so in the last few years, but one of the things that has, has become a, a regular part is the idea of a team, where there's a team leader, um, and uh, it's sort of like a you've got the company, and the broker, broker of record, is, is ultimately responsible, uh, and then there is a team where the team leader provides certain support to, to agents on the team and, and gets uh, certain a revenue split for doing that. Um, did you ever consider a team, or what, what's your what's your opinion? I, I I always think there's no right or wrong on this. It depends on the individual. But what did you think about teams when people told you about that concept? I totally agree with you. I think that there is no right or wrong, especially when you're entering the industry. Um, the I didn't. I wasn't necessarily opposed to a team. Um, but I knew that when I started in my real estate career that I wanted to work for Harvey Callis because I grew up in Chaplin Estates. They were the most dominant company in our neighborhood. And I wanted to work for the people selling the homes in my neighborhood. I wanted to be able to, I wanted to be able to sell Midtown Toronto. I have an incredible database in Midtown. And I really thought that if I could work for the same company that is highly represented in my neighborhood, that I was going to have a great chance. So when I first started at Callis, I know Callis is quite a small team. Um, we're only 300 agents. I I wasn't necessarily sure that I wanted to join a team, but what I did really quickly realize is that there are so many incredible mentors that I've had at Harvey Callis and that I've worked with, and so many you know six seven figure income earning agents were willing to take me under their wing and teach me and pick up the phone anytime I had a question. And Michael Callis has been an incredible broker for me. And he has really supported me through so many transactions that I believe in, I believe in joining a team. And the reason I didn't is because I feel Callis was small enough that I had a team. I was working on a team. I always had people answering my calls. I always had mentors. So I think always working under a mentor one way or another, or having somebody to go to is so incredibly important when you're first starting. There's so many mistakes that you can make that it's always good to run every transaction by somebody who's quite experienced. But working at Callis, I didn't feel like I needed to join a team. I felt like I had all the support of a team and I was on my own. And on that point about, about you know, having to get support, I, I when I was involved with the business and I would talk to new people, I would tell them that in real estate, if you make a mistake, it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Like, don't make mistakes. Speak to your broker. And obviously, you've been doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think you've touched on what your dad told me. So I'm going to bring this up. They weren't that keen on bringing you on because you were young and you had a challenge, right? And talk about how you overcame 
that part of it? Because I think it goes to persistence. I I do believe that it is a similar situation. And um, I say this wholeheartedly. I think that my generation gets a really bad rap. Um, unfortunately, we are, at least in my father's eyes and from a lot of other people that I've heard from is that, you know, our generation is lazy and our generation is the social media generation of sleeping in late and not really being thrilled to go to work every day and not being motivated. Um, so I think that it was just a general understanding of, I was one of the youngest people that they've ever hired. Um, there's a few other people that were also hired at 21. Um, but I was adamant that that was the place that I wanted to work at. And I made that very clear to them. Um, I wasn't interested in working anywhere else. And that was the place that I was going to work. And I consistently made sure that they knew that. And they knew that that was where I wanted to start my career. And ultimately, I was given a chance. And my chance has turned out very well for, for all of us. So I think that um, I think that it's really important to always be persistent with what you want. It's always possible to succeed if you're persistent and at least give your best shot. And it might have not worked out in the end with me and Callis, but it did. And it's been the ride of a lifetime. And I'm so thrilled that we were able to get past that hurdle and uh, and move on into what's been an incredible career for me so far. And, and an award-winning career as well, as I, as yeah. I understand. Here's something else that you had to overcome. <laughs> a lot of people in business have been in business 5, 10, 20 years. And so the, a pandemic comes along, but there's some experience. You were in the business like one year <laughs> and the pandemic came along. So how uh, about four months, actually. How long were you in? Four months. So you're in the business four months. All of a sudden, the business shuts down. So how, how did you face that and what did you do to overcome it? Because I'm sure you're all revved up, ready to go. And all of a sudden, you can't even take a client to a house. You can't, can't talk to people. What did you do to, to overcome that? That was a really hard transition for me because as anybody would understand working at any new job, I would say that the most important thing that I learned first getting into the business was go to the office every single day. And I remember even in my first couple months, I would go to the office and I would literally sit there and twiddle my thumbs. And like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to call. I didn't know who to reach out to. So I did that for a couple months. And then finally, when I started getting my feet under me, I started doing open houses. I started meeting prospects. I get a call from a potential client and he was a builder and he was building in the E6 district. So it was Birchcliff Cliffside. And he had a custom built modern home, water view. And he said, I want to sell my house. Uh, this was April of 2020. So this was nobody had a job. Nobody was going to work. No, you weren't allowed to leave your house or that's what everybody thought. Um, and my client said, I want you to sell this house. So it has really changed the way that real estate is operated. And I feel incredibly lucky because being young and being technologically savvy, I've been able to finally show my clients how important social media is. And in that particular situation, we had the listing exclusively because uh, our broker didn't want us having any listings that were not essential sales. And of course, he was a builder. It was a vacant home. It wasn't considered essential. So we had the listing exclusive. We were advertising on Facebook and Instagram. That is how I got myself started in makeup. That's how I got leads for my makeup business. And I thought, okay, I know how to do that. Let me let me try this in real estate. I wasn't going to hire a company. I was going to run my own advertisements. And I really worded things 
in my advertisements in a way that people would have to reach out for me to find out more information rather than just saying, call me if you're interested in learning more. I had so many people call me. I had so many engagement, uh, such high engagement level on the posts. We ended up finding a qualified buyer from our Facebook ad who ended up coming in to see the home and they bought the home exclusively. We ended up putting it on the market to pressure them a little bit. It was a it was a COVID delay that they were trying to pull on us, but we put it on the market. It was in the market for about two days. And then that Facebook ad buyer ended up buying the home. So ever since then, I've really, I always use that example as proof to my clients that you can really find qualified leads online. And if you word advertisements in a way that it really gets the potential buyer engaged, you will have a lot of engagement on your posts. And therefore, we were able to secure a client or a buyer for my client's home. So it's definitely changed the way that we operate. Um, and I'm so thrilled to now be able to actively, constantly show my clients how important it is to use social media to sell their home. And and I'm sure that your results are all they really need to hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a pandemic as an empty house, expensive who's going to buy it and you found the yeah. buyer on your own. I mean that's a that's a that's a great success. Besides yeah. um the social media, are there any other technological tools that you use during the day that other people might, you know, that you might help other people think about um you know, to help you run your business? One thing that's not brand new, but I think it's relatively new to the general population is TikTok. And I have to say for generating engagement for my clients listings, it has been absolutely incredible. So the really cool thing about TikTok that we're starting to use much more frequently for our business is one, it's a geolocation app. So if you post a video and you're in Midtown Toronto, it will send your video to a lot of other people in Midtown Toronto. So for example, if I post my client's house in Midtown Toronto, I post it on TikTok, it's going to send it to all of the people in the neighborhood. But not only that, it also is, it has the algorithm of understanding that when you are, let's say you're going to watch a couple of videos on TikTok about homes or homes in Toronto. And if you watch the video until the end, it gathers that information and it'll start sending you more videos about homes. So I've noticed that when I've started posting my clients' homes videos on TikTok, I've had so many people from the neighborhood reaching out, asking about the home. When is it going on the market? I like to do it before it's actively on the market. And so many people reach out wanting to know more about the home. And they're all people in the neighborhood. These aren't people from a different country, from a different province. It's so hyper-local TikTok that my clients are getting so much engagement on their listings. We are getting so many more, su such higher viewership on Realtor.ca by advertising in a new way. And I think that it's, it's something that I'm having to explain to my clients how it's so important, but it's driving so many people to the listing on realtor.ca. We've had so many people reach out from it. So that's definitely a tool that we're using and expanding in our business to get more traction, to get more eyes on our listings, and even for business for ourselves. So with TikTok, um, I know a little bit about it. But I, and I and I guess like a lot of people, I'm surprised the success that you've had with business because most people think of it as something where young and old people dance to music. Yes, <laughs> right? old people too, for sure. Yeah, young and old dance to music and and get embarrassed by doing it. But um, how, how come it became a business tool? 
because that's st- it's still not known that way. I mean, it's obviously you explain it very well. But when you do a, a TikTok um, posting, is it something where you have to go outside of your own sphere or can you produce it all by yourself? We can produce it all by ourselves. What's amazing about TikTok is you can upload any video. So when I have my videographer come through a listing and video the listing that I'm about to put on the market, I can just use that same video and post it on TikTok, add a couple, uh, I can either add a line about what the, the, the address of the house or something cool about the house. I can do a voiceover, walking people through the house. It's so incredibly it's so engaging for so many people. And there's so many people on TikTok. Like I had one video, it did not go viral for any means or by any means, but I had 50,000 views on that. Mm -hmm. And to get 50,000 views from a Facebook ad, I have to spend 25 to $30. And I'm getting the same amount of people looking at it for free. So it's definitely a great tool to use, especially when you're first getting into the business, if you don't really have the money to invest back into advertising. But to be honest with you, I've had so much engagement from people in the neighborhood of the listings that I've posted because it takes your geolocation. People saying, hey, that's my neighbor's house. People saying, I'd love to come see it. I'm in the neighborhood and I've been thinking about upsizing. That's happened multiple times to us. And it's really been an incredible tool that we've been using for our business. Well, it's also now that you explain it so well, it's it's a great way to leverage the virtual tour that you do for the client just to help them sell the house on like an MLS system, right? I mean, you, you're doing it in, and then you're leveraging that same uh, uh, video to get more attention, which helps the client. Uh, clearly, you know, in, in, in prospecting uh, for business, it won't take very long based on what you've said to really become the most well-known agent in your neighborhood. I mean, because everybody, everybody's on social media and if they keep seeing quality from you, and the other agents who aren't doing it are going to just kind of disappear from their mind. Like I, this is exactly, especially good quality videos. That's what yeah. gets people engaged. Good quality photos, good quality videos, and people will stay to the end. Boy, if I was still selling, I would have hired you. <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> well, no, I mean hire you to teach me, but I don't need that. I know. Now. now I've got Adam Price teaching me, so I'm okay. I know. <laughs> but but here's another one, uh, and I really want this one to be the the hero story because I I know again from your dad. What, what's been your biggest success in real estate? I would say that my biggest success is probably um, my record-breaking sale. I still hold the record. Um, we See, sold did I ask the right question? Did I, ask, did I ask the right question? You did. Okay, go on. Okay. <laughs> we sold a home in Birchcliff Cliffside, uh, just south of Kingston Road at Warden. And it was a lakefront property. It was a 50 by 600 foot lot, custom built, brand new, modern home. And we sold it for $4.615 million this past summer. We beat the record by, I think, about six or $700,000. That is quite the award story. Um, and also really satisfying. I think it also just continues to build your confidence. Like, you know, those things are really, everybody runs into roadblocks in our business, in every business, in life. And you've got to have the resources to get over them. And I think the more positive things you've accomplished, the easier it is and the faster Absolutely. it is. I agree. Uh, um, so on the same side of topic of, of challenges, what's been your biggest challenge and what did you learn from it? And this can be outside of real estate, but right now it could be inside of real estate. I would say that my biggest challenge, I, I, w- I would keep it consistent with, with starting my career. 
Um, I was really, there were multiple times where I would go to listing appointments and I would get way too excited and I would lose the listing and I would be absolutely devastated. And this is before I really started to convince myself of the positivity mindset. And uh, it really is mind over matter. Um, I really allowed myself to get real, I think in real estate, and I was always told this at the beginning, there are way too many peaks and valleys in real estate. You have to try and maintain a level headed mindset going into every transaction, into every listing appointment, into every offer night. You cannot allow yourself to go up with the highs and down with the lows. Try and maintain a median mindset and you will be able to continue to be successful. I allowed myself to get way too excited and way too disappointed a few times when I first started. And that was really, really, really a challenge. But I consistently tell myself whenever I get an incredible prospect or a new lead that I'm really excited about, I always try and bring myself back down to earth. You got to get the deal done. And the only way that you can celebrate your successes after is when it's done. But to not get too excited in the heat of the moment and in the heat of a transaction or get too low in the heat of a transaction to allow yourself to be affected and not be able to do your job properly. That's uh, that's really good advice because the one thing people, and I used to say this when, again when I was uh, in the business talking to new people, the one thing they don't teach you is how to deal with the emotions of mm-hmm. real estate. Not the emotions of real estate, but the emotions of clients. Because yeah. if, if you're going up and down, you can imagine what they're doing when they put a house on the market or they're, you know, they're about to buy something for hundreds of thousands or millions, right? I mean, that, that's a lot of emotion. And the calmer you are as an agent, the easier it is for them. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, this is a real, you know, this is a real challenge for people. Now, obviously, you've learned that you can be a great resource by just letting them make good decisions. That, that's what Absolutely. they'll remember. They'll remember that uh, Stephanie helped me make a good decision. They may not even remember the, 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 the terms of the decision. And that's how you get referrals, right? Because they're, they're happy. Um, are there any interesting projects you're working on now that you want to talk about? We're just working with our clients, just trying to get a few things done by the end of the year. Uh, we have some closings coming up, but we have a listing coming on Old Orchard, which is in Midtown Toronto. It's a 50-foot lot. It's a beautiful home. I think it's going to be about $3.5 million. And then we're just helping some buyers and sellers get their transactions done by the end of the year. We have quite a few buyers wanting to get in before Christmas, which is proving to be tight. This is a very difficult market that we're navigating right now. And we're trying to pull out all the stops with door knocking and trying to find opportunities for our buyers without having to wait for other agents to bring listings to market. Um, But otherwise, we just have our big listing coming and we're going to keep plugging away until the end of the year. And and after that, you'll be plugging just as well, I'm sure. What, (laughs) What would you say to a young person interested in getting into real estate sales now? Because they're going to watch this podcast. And they're going to say, wow, Claudia, they're going to say, uh, you know, Stephanie has has had a spectacular career. I'd like to get into real estate. So why don't you talk to them through the podcast? I would say that the biggest lesson that I learned was getting tougher skin. And I say that because I thought that getting into the business, I had tough skin. And then I was involved in multiple transactions where like I said, you get the peaks and the valleys. And I was I was shocked at how upset and how emotional I got from these transactions. 
And you really have to be there for your clients and you have to be the person that they lean on. You can't be leaning on them or leaning on your family after a day's work, being so upset about a deal. You really need to be tough. You need to hustle. You need to work hard. And if you work hard and if you keep a positive mindset and if you believe in yourself, there's absolutely no reason why you should not succeed in this business. That was the best advice that I got was suck it up. Take care of your clients. And if you're there for your clients, again, my dad is the best relationship guy. And that's all I learned from him. If you take care of your clients, they'll take care of you. And you just answered my last question. So my last question was, what's the greatest advice anyone has given you? And you already did it. So we don't have one. We don't have a last question. I, you know, I think for me, it's been it's been fun to have, you know, Adam and I have um the people we've had on uh, as as you did in the pre post promotion that you did to go, which was amazing for me like you've already started promoting this podcast hasn't even aired yet but these are all people that have been in the business whatever whether it's a developer whether it's a guest on, or whether it's a realtor on a you know on a top rated show real estate show um, whether it's a successful agent they've all been in the business a long time and you seem to have acquired uh, the the attitude and i think that's really at the end of it all uh, this is like any business ups and downs and things happen that you never expected and both good and bad uh but you have to just keep plugging away knowing that this is what you want to do and that you like people i mean that's the other thing this business is based on it's i, I yeah to me real estate is not about bricks and mortar it's about people you happen to be showing bricks and mortar but you're dealing with the people so listen, Stephanie, uh, pleasure to see you again. Uh, I know I'll be in touch with your dad. Hopefully he'll like what I did, but if not, he'll <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will too. So all the best in your career. Um, and uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Howard. It was an honor. Thank you. We'd like to thank Stephanie Tufexis and you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network or on our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to reach us, you can reach us either by email at info at rewithhd.com or on our website, rewithhd.com. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.